Shall we just lift up our voices today and start to bless the name of the Lord for the grace that we have received from Him. Our God and our King, we thank you so much for the grace of today. Bless the Lord for His strength that He has given to you, for His mercy, for the provision and the manifestation of His power. O oh Lord our God, we exalt you. We magnify the God. We thank you, our Father. We give you the praise and honor and glory. We magnify your holy name for your provision. We thank you for your tender mercy and your kindness. Yesterday, you revealed yourself to us as the Lord, a compassionate God, the God that is faithful, full of mercy. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We glorify your holy name. Blessed be your name, O God, for all that you have done for us. We gather today to celebrate you and to sing unto your abundant mercy and grace. To enjoy the providence of your Holy Spirit one more time as we dive into the depth of the life of Job. Father, we exalt you and thank you for the teaching of your word, for the impartation of your wisdom, for the transformation and healing that we receive from you, and for the authority that you have given to us who believe in you. In Jesus' holy name, we are worshipped. Amen. Well, I just want to welcome each and every one of us again to God's presence and indeed to our midweek service. Um, as we know, today is our Bible study. And we thank God because one of the things we do when we start the Bible study is to have a period of reflection on the things that God taught us um, last week. So I'll be inviting a few people who have, been, who have prepared to share with us uh, a reflection on last week. And to start us off this evening, I'd like to invite Brother Eric. Praise the Lord. My contribution today is on Job chapter 19, verses 26 to 27, which reads, And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I I, I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Despite everything Job had been through, He lost his wealth to marauders, he lost his servants, he lost all ten of his children on the same day, and he was afflicted with painful sores and boils. Job had hope that despite all of his infirmities, whether he be alive or dead, Job would surely see God one day. This is a very promising and reassuring statement, that no matter the trials or the tribulations we may face, there is hope for our calling. Christ's death and resurrection give us hope that no matter what no matter what we have to face. Paul, for example, was called by God to testify to the Gentiles and to one day go before Caesar himself, the Roman emperor, and tell the most powerful man in the world about Christ. When he witnessed to people in Jerusalem and in Asia, we see in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 24 to 25, that five times he received 40 lashes minus one from the Jews. He was beaten with rods three times and even stoned. He was shipwrecked three times, once on the way to Rome, and had to once spend a day and a night in the open sea. Despite all the persecution and everything the devil tried to do to stop him, he finally made it to Rome, and once there, he witnessed faithfully to the Romans until the day of his death. God has a plan for the lives of each and every one of us, and neither the devil nor any man can frustrate it, even though when we face troubles, it sometimes seems like they have succeeded. But we can be sure that our Redeemer lives, and he will not let anything happen to us that is not in his plan. This was the hope of Job. Even in the midst of his dark times, and through it all, he learned to trust in God, forsaking all. While it likely won't be easy, in fact, Jesus promised that it almost definitely won't, we can rest assured that no matter the storms we have to face, Jesus is with us in the boat. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd like to invite Brother Stephen, please. My contribution will be focused on Job chapter 19, verse 14 and 17, which reads, My relatives have gone away. My closest friends have forgotten me. My breath is offensive to my wife. I'm loathsome to my only family. So from these scriptures, we can, we, what I learned from these scriptures is that we should love God more than our friends, more than our family members 
Because during this time of David's trials, all his friends were accusing him, saying he was a wicked man. He was rebellious. He was this. He was that. When, as we know from Job chapter one, that that was not true. In fact, God commended him that the Lord said this even to the devil that among all men on earth, there's no one like Job who's righteous, who's upright. Job was a man who interceded for his family. So we know that those allegations against Job were not true. What we can see is that we need to um, put the Lord first. We shouldn't put anything above God like Job did. Job didn't allow what his persecution or his trial to get the better of him to be accusing God. Now, why did the Lord do this? Why did the Lord do that? No, he still carried on to be upright. He still carried on seeking God. He still carried on maintaining a righteous life. So he shouldn't maintain a righteous life or be righteous when good things happen to us. Or we should be righteous even when bad things happen to us. And we should rest assured that no matter what happens, the Lord is a good God. Whether, whether good things or bad things happen to us, good or bad things shouldn't determine God because God is not determined by what happened to us. So we should make sure that we don't allow anything to hinder our relationship with God. Praise the Lord. I'd not, I'd like to invite Dickness Bimbo, please. Praise the Lord. Uh, my contributions will be taken from Job chapter 19, verse 21. Job's friends, even though they were physically present to console him, but they were emotionally stabbing him with no encouraging words. They went to the extent of crushing him with their words, as we saw in previous chapters of what each of his friends said. To the extent that Job was so overwhelmed in this chapter, and he asked, or I would say appealed to his friends to give him a break from all their accusations and to pity him. Though they might not know or discern what was happening in the heavenly realm or the mystery behind the scene, I believe a reasonable and right-thinking person should not behave the way they did. To me, they had no compassion on Job at all, and as believers, we should not behave like Job's friends did. What really resonates with me in this verse 21 is that we should not only relate with our family and friends who are going through trials, but also have compassion on the poor, sinners, and widows, to mention but a few. In addition, we should not add in our hearts to those who are going through challenges. And since we have the Holy Spirit in us, we should continually be full of the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, as in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. Brethren, we live in the Spirit. We should thus walk in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always bring to our memories and write on our hearts every word of God we have learned and been taught. We should specifically remember Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9, Psalm 32, verse 8, of which our parents in the Lord have continuously been implanting on our hearts every day. May the mighty hand of God, who is mighty to save, heal and empower us, and may the God of peace be with us all, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I would now like to invite Deacon Scotty here, please. Praise the Lord. I will take my uh, contributions from Job chapter 20, verse 1, and it reads, Then Zophar the Namanite replied, My troubled thoughts prompt me to answer, because I am greatly disturbed. I paid attention to this statement by Job's friend, because this is what God has been teaching us through his servant apostle for the past uh, a month or so now. The power of our mind and heart and the thoughts that run through it. Zophar, Job's friend, allowed the evil thoughts of his heart to cloud his judgment about Job's condition. In the previous chapter, chapter 19, Job spoke about his affliction, how he feels about it. In fact, we saw Job express hope and confidence that God will surely deliver him. And that's in uh, 19 verse 25 to 27. 
One would expect a true friend in reply to this speech to encourage such faith in a suffering friend. But rather, Zophar continued in accusing Job of sin and the cause of his ordeals. From his reply, it is obvious that Zophar did not listen to all that Job said because he allowed his thoughts, the thoughts of his mind to speak louder than Job's spoken words. Lesson learned from this is that we should guard our heart and mind and the thoughts that run through, through them. When we are in a position to deal with other people's issues, we should learn to listen on what they say rather than basing our judgment on presumptions. We should maintain an open mind while dealing with other people. We are to remember that we have the power to control our thoughts. We have the power to control our speech. And we will also give account of every careless word that we speak. I call Philippians 4, 8 to 9 the weighing scale for the thoughts of the heart. So if you have thoughts in your heart, first weigh it with Philippians 4, 8 to 9. If it is not godly, then garbage it. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I'd like to invite Sister Phenomena, please. Good evening, everyone. My contribution is from Job 19, 14 to 20. Job was responding to Bilger's speech in chapter 18. He felt ostracized by his friends on sympathetic and unhelpful words. He made a reference to his suffering in these verses that his family, servants, close friends, wife have turned against and abandoned him. He reminds of me, he reminds me of when I was growing up. My dad, my dad used to sing the song that when you have plenty of food, you have many brothers. And when you have plenty of money, you have many friends. But when trouble comes, they turn their back. Christ who suffered similar, who suffered similar rejection as some of the people who at one time singing Hosanna, they are also the same people eventually shouting crucified. What I learned is not to turn our back from our friends or people who we know are going through difficulties. If we're in a position to help them, we should do it in the name of love, because God is love, First John 4, 8. Or if we want to comfort, encourage, uplift, sympathize in words, our speech should always be full of grace and seasoned with salt, Colossians 4, 6. We have read about the greatest commandments that Jesus said to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 37 to 39. In Luke 10, 29 to 37, we see how love for your neighbor is demonstrated in the story of the Good Samaritan. Our neighbor can be anyone who is in of them. As children of light, we should help one another in good or bad times, because God sees and knows the beginning and end of everything. In neither slumber nor sleep. Psalm 121. Last four. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite Dickness Hannah, please. I'm going to be sharing from Job chapter 19, verse 17. It says, My breath is offensive to my wife. I am loathsome to my own family. Job's family can no longer bear the sight of him to the point where his sight disgust, disgusted them, to the extent where even his wife could not tolerate his own voice. As we all know, this is basically what Job's wife, Job's wife told him to denounce God in Job chapter 2, verse 9. Now, I'm sure we've all heard the word best used to describe friendships. I believe that this word should be used with caution, as this is too much of a burden for a human being to carry. As people often change alliances, they change their minds like shifting shadows, unlike God. Even Jesus, um, his best I put on quote because it's not really Jesus is saying he didn't refer to him as his best. But we could say that Peter was one of his best disciples because he was always there with him. However, Peter himself and Jesus knew that this was going to happen, denied Christ. He even swore with his arm and his leg that he never knew him. Talk less of being hanging out with him. However. Sorry. Yeah, the only person that stood next to Jesus was God. So therefore, we should not hold anyone in high esteem above God. 
to save us disappointments. So finally, if we're going through trials currently, or we face trials in our future, I want us to remember this. And through the storm, God is with us. In the muddy cistern, he is with us. In the pit, he is with us. And if our mother and father forsake us, God is with us. If our friends forsake us, God will be with us. Even if our own flesh and blood, our children forsake us, God will be with us. So therefore, we must not hold anyone higher than God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'd like to invite Pastor Debbie, please. Praise the Lord. I'll be contributing from the same scripture that the previous um, speakers spoke on. Job expressed the repulsive attitude of both his wife and brothers towards him in his time of trial. The ones he had expected to support him through thick and thin deserted him. He would have been encouraged with his wife by his side as a true friend without having to concern himself with the behavior of others, that is his friends, his family, and his servants. This could have brought him solace, but on the contrary, worsened his situation. So lesson learned. Every marriage goes through rocky moments. The question is, what was your motive for marriage? Would it be for selfish reasons, that is, what you can get out from it, or what you can contribute to it? Two, a true wife is meant to be a lifelong companion to support her husband when it is easy or difficult, poor or rich, in sickness or in health, as outlined in the marriage vow. And thirdly, a true wife is a suitable helper to her husband and vice versa. If one falls down, his friends can help him up. If one suffers, the other help or support because the Lord has made them one. That is, they are inseparable. If you suffer together, you will reign together. The beginning may be rough, but there is a glorious end if you persevere. And scriptural references are Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 10, Malachi 2 15, and 2 Timothy 2 12. May the Lord bless us. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd like to hand back over to Apostle. I'm sure you're welcome, Mommy. Well, it is quite interesting what God has been teaching us today. Very, very, very vast and pronounced. Can I say that, uh, though I started recording on the Zoom uh, a bit late, but it's all live on the um, YouTube. You can always go and listen to it. But I want us, before we go to chapter 21 and 22 today, to, you know, understand what God has said through all the, the people that have spoken. You need to go and listen to this, all what they read before you can get the detail. But I want us to have this understanding as we are going on towards the very most serious part of the book of Job. Because we have been looking at all these challenges and challenges and people denouncing him, friends, leaving, wife, leaving and stuff. And now we are going into areas where some very conk stuff are going to be released to us and to the end. I want you to have this in mind. The friends of Job turned their backs at Job for one reason. And that's the same reason why Peter denied Jesus. One reason. The reason is because both them to the time Jesus died, nobody had Holy Spirit inside him. That is the only reason. But anyone who has the Holy Spirit inside him cannot do that. If anybody comes to church and he does that, it's because he does not have the Holy Spirit. And this is very, very you know, serious. Because Jesus says, not all who call me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of my Father. There are many people who go to church today, thousands and billions. But are you among those who are truly saved? Because if a man is truly saved, that man is said to be in Christ Jesus, which means the Holy Spirit is inside him. And the Holy Spirit will not permit you to do those things. So if you find yourself like the, 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 the friends of Job or denying Christ for any reason, you better give your life to Jesus before it is too late. Because if you look at the life of the apostles, Peter was the one who said this you by, by history when he was to be killed. He died for Christ. 
after the feeling of the Holy Spirit. And when he was killed, if they were going to crucify him, he said he should turn him upside down. That is what the you know historian tells us. So today we are going on a more ride to the book of Job, chapter twenty-one. I want us together to welcome with me Reverend Omar, mommy of the house, is in your hands. Praise the Lord. I really want to say a very very big thank you to all of you that contributed in various ways. You are wonderful people and you are really encouraging me, especially when I start to pick up your uh, calls that you'll be contributing. It's really stirred my spirit and it makes me happy. So more grace to your elbow. You always see that I always give you that thumb up and uh, I'll just put them noted with an exclamation mark. So keep it up. The Lord will continue to increase in you in Jesus' name. And to the rest of the house and many that are watching, we still want you want to welcome you too to be part of this uh, spiritual game. Jesus is always on the table to eat and dine with us, and He's ready to give us enough to eat. Amen. Uh, that takes us to the book of uh, Job 21 tonight, chapter 21 tonight. Job 21, which is uh, Job's sixth or the seventh speech. And this one is in response to Zophar. Then Job replied, Listen carefully to my words. Let this be consolation you give me. Bear with me while I speak. And after I've spoken, mock on. In one word, is referring to his friends because of the way they have behaved or acted yeah, mockers. as mockers. Yeah, mockers. And what the proverb uh, chapter uh, one, maybe it's verse twenty-two, there talks about three people: fools, mockers, and one other person. So this, he related them as mockers, people that are jokers, that are not even serious with what they're saying. If my complaint direct to man, why should I not be impatient? Look at me and be astonished. Clap your hand over your, your mouth or discover your hand with your mouth. When I think about this, I am terrified. Trembling seizes my body. Why do the wicked live on? I want you to see all the questions of those here. Because all that his friends were saying, they're, they're all referring to those as a wicked man, sinful man, wicked man, someone that has messed up with God and all, all the rest of that. That's the reason why. He was in problem. Why do the wicked live on? Growing old and increasing in power. Okay. A lot of wicked people are all around. You are serving God. Things are working well for you. And it seems things are not working for you. But all these wicked people around, they are really making it. They are the ones that are having everything. But one day they will give the record. So Job was actually asking all these questions. I want you to mark that question from verse 7. He said, why did the wicked live on? Growing old and increasing in power. They see their children established, they see their children established around them. Their offspring before their eyes. Their homes are safe and free from fear. The rod of God is not upon them. Their bulls never fail to breed. You know, when I was trying to discuss this with Apostle, he actually reminded me of Nabal in 1 Samuel chapter 25. A rich man for the fool and a wicked man as well. He said their bulls never fail to breathe. Their cows, cows do not miscarry. They send forth their children as a flock. Their little ones dance about. They sing to the music of tambourine and harp. They are always rejoicing. Mm. They make merry to the sound of the flute. But remember, the kingdom of God is not only eating and drinking and dancing. They spend their years in prosperity and go down to the grave in peace. Yet they say to God, leave us alone. You have no desire to know your ways. Who is the Almighty? 
that we should serve him. What will we gain by praying to him? But their prosperity is not in their own hands. So I stand alone from the counsel of the wicked. Yet how often is the lamp of the wicked knocked off out? How often does calamity comes or come upon them? The faith God allots in his anger. How often are they like straw that the winds like shafts swept away by a gale? It is said, God stores up a man's punishment for his sons. Let him repay the man himself so that he will know it. Let his own eyes see his destruction. Let him drink of the wrath of the Almighty. For what does he care about the family he leaves behind? When his allotted months come to an end, can anyone teach knowledge to God since he judges even the highest? One man dies in full vigor, completely secure and at ease, his body well nourished, his bones rich with marrow. Another man dies in bitterness of soul. These are two similar people. I'll put it there like the rich and the poor. Another man dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed any, anything good. Side by side, they lie in the dust. I'll be trying to take them to the graveside. Either rich or poor. You know that song that uh, Ramada sang for us on Sunday. Side by side, they lie in the dust. And worms cover their bodies. You don't know the body of a rich man and the one that is not of a rich man. I know full well what you are thinking. The schemes by which you will wrong me. You say, where now is the great man's house? The tents where wicked men live. Have you never questioned those who travel? Have you paid no regard to their accounts? That the evil man is saved from the day of calamity. Uh, is saved of the day of calamity. And he is delivered from the day of wrath. Who denounces his conduct to his face? Who repays him for what he has done? He is carried to the grave and watch is kept over the tomb. The soil in the valley is sweet to him. All men follow after him. And the countless throng goes before him. So how can you console me with your nonsense? Nothing is left of your answer. I falsehood. So the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. And when Eliphaz, Job's friend, will respond to Job, Job's word, he now started speaking here, which is Eliphaz's third response to Job. Then Eliphaz is seminar uh, 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 to reply, and the man be of benefit to God, and even a wise man benefit him. What pleasure will he give the Almighty if you were righteous? What will he gain if your ways are blameless? Is it for your pity that he will beat you and then target against you? Is not your wickedness great and not your sins endless? Want you to underline the wickedness? Want you to underline sins? These are those accusations. All of them are the same. You demanded security from your brothers for no reason. You stripped men of their clothing, leaving them naked. Is it true? Mm -hmm. Job was an upright man. That's what we are told about, about, about Job. But they are painting Job in another color here. You demanded security from your brothers for no reason. You stripped men of their clothing, leaving them naked. You gave no water to the weary. But we are told that Job loved the poor and he fed the poor. And you withheld food from the hungry. Is it true? Though you were a powerful man, owning land, 
an honored man living on it. And you sent widows away empty-handed. Is it true? All these are false accusations. And broke the strength of the fatherless. False accusation. This is why snares are all around you. Why sudden peril terrifies you? Why is it so dark you cannot see? And why is Lord of water covers you? Is not God in the height of heaven? And see how lofty are the highest stars? Yes, you say. What does God know? Does, does he judge through such darkness? See clouds, really. So he does not see us. Is it true? As he goes about in the gold heavens, he will keep to the old path that evil men have taught. They were carried off before their time. Their foundations washed away by a flood. They said to God, leave us alone. What can the Almighty do to us? Yet it was he who filled their houses with Britain. So I stand aloof from the counsel of the wicked. The righteous see their ruin and rejoice. The innocent mock them, saying, Surely your foes are destroyed, and fire devours their wealth. Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Except, I want us to look at these three main words. It's time for me to possibly explain that for us, to us, but like, uh, another thing that God gave to me is when I'm trying to explain it, we are going to see. Submit to God and be at peace with Him. And in this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from your from His mouth. Submit to God, accept instruction, and lay up His words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tents and assign your nuggets to the dust, your gold of opium to the rock in the ravens, then the Almighty will be your gold, the choicest silver for you. Surely, then you will find delight in the Almighty. And we lift up your face to God. You will pray to Him and He will hear you. And you will fulfill your vows. What you decide on will be done. And light will shine on your ways. When men are brought low and you say, lift them up, then you will save the downcast. He will deliver even one who is not innocent, who will be delivered through the earth. The clean, cleanliness of your hands. May the Lord bless the reading of His holy word. When next we meet, reading uh, Job 23. Amen. Let's quickly go to the notes. In that book of uh, Job 21, um, Job actually replied Zophar. In his reply, he, he uh, discredited or proved that all what his friends were saying, Zobar's friend was saying in 21 to 29, was false. Because Job was only, um, was only discussing on what will happen to the wicked, what will happen to the wicked, referring um, Job to be a wicked man. In verses 1 to 3 and 4 to 5, Job's response to his friend was, that his friends should listen carefully to him and also bear with him so that he can speak or express his mind to them. In one place, in another word, he said they should just keep quiet. After he has spoken, then he can, they can keep mocking. They just keep quiet because they are just speaking rubbish, what they did not know about. He sees his friends as mockers. And I said to us, what in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, 22 to 23, Jesus was speaking in, 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 in that book of Proverbs, and in his speech, one of his references was, How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? 
God, Jesus was referring to people that are simple, that are careless about God's words. Job could see this his friends as simple. So he called them and said, how long will you mockers delight in mockery? His friends, he could see them as mockers. They are just talking, talking rubbish. He could also see them as fools that deny God, that hate knowledge. Then in that Proverbs chapter 123, he said, if you had responded to my rebuke, if they have followed the precepts of God, if they have followed the work of God, uh, uh, the word of God, clearly, they wouldn't have been a fool that are coming to seek rubbish to do in this problem. And in that 23, he caught on there. He said, if you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. Your friends are speaking rubbish because they are not following the footsteps of the Lord. They are not following the word, the word of God. They just feel they can run commentary on their friends when they saw their friend in trouble. A friend in need is a friend indeed. When Job had money and everything, these friends were closer. When they first saw him in his problem, they came to him, they sat with him, they were sorry with him, but after a while, they started speaking rubbish to him. So Job uh, saw them as mockers. I will add to that he saw them as fools. He saw them as people that are not serious. That's why they can come and use his problem against him. In verse 7 onwards, he explained and asked that, why do the wicked prosper? Sometimes we, do, we might ask our questions like that. People that are so wicked, you see how they, they are prospering around. And it seems nothing is happening around a righteous man. But I tell you, the day of judgment comes. That is when God is, God is going to meet up with them, <coughs> that they will pay for their wickedness. So let us avoid being wicked. In previous readings, I've read to you about the uh, characteristics of wicked people. So let's not be a wicked person. Although Job was identified as a sinner and wicked person, but he was not. The Bible tells us of Job that Job was an upright man who does good things, helps the poor, a priest in his family, a man of God who feared God. So Job was asking the question, because his friends have been talking about wicked, 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 wicked. So you know, he, he explained and asked that. Why do the wicked prosper? Or why do they live until they are old? Wicked people are supposed to just die. Because the Bible talks about for the wicked, I will destroy. We read it tonight as well. God will always destroy the wicked. Why do the wicked prosper? Or live until they are old? And mightily in the land in power. To die in peace, though they mock and are not serious with God. That is the question from that verse 7. Still talking about the wicked, Job also asked in that chapter when he was responding to his friends. said their descendants and offerings, uh, uh, offerings are established in their sight or before their eyes. Verse 8 of that 21. The wicked, he said their houses are safe and God's wrath or rod does not come upon them. Verse 9. Even their, their, their bulls or cow breed without fall or miscarriage. Verse 10. And from that 11 to 14, he describes the waywardness of foolish lifestyle of the wicked. You can reference this to um, the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 25. Nabal and Abigail, a beautiful woman that married a self-centered man, they will not be wicked. There are many people that are Christian, I put the word so-called Christian there, but live wicked, a type of wicked life. May God deliver such people in the name of Jesus. So that's why it's 11 to 14. You can make reference to it. When you have time, go and read it at home. Describe the waywardness of foolish lifestyle of the wicked. That takes us to chapter 22. In this chapter 22, Eliphaz the Tamite, another of Job's friends, tried to explain the cause of Job's woes and sorrows, or what are called distress. He accused Job falsely, contrary to anything Job had ever done. Let's see 
reference to Eliphaz's accusation. He asked whether the righteous of a man of a human being brings any pleasure to God. And in that verse 5 to 11, you could see the false accusation of Job's friend against him. He unfairly associated with Job with the wicked, which is untrue to who Job was, as revealed to us at the beginning of the book. He was an upright man. That's what the Bible says, a priest in his household that pray for his household on a regular basis. He must learn not to accuse people falsely. For God will judge such misbehavior, and whoever does such evil will be replayed for their own acts. That's Job 22, 4-13. Is it not for your pity that he rebukes you and brings charges against you? Is it not for your wickedness? Are not your sins endless? Verse 6, you demanded security from your brothers for no reason. You know, I keep on telling you all that that is false. You strip men of their clothing, leaving them naked. All these are false accusations that Eliphaz was bringing against you. You gave no water, uh, you gave no water to the weary. Does that talk about Job? No, false. And you withheld food from the hungry. Sometimes when enemies see people in their suffering, they try to humiliate them the more. And that is what I can see this Eliphaz, Job's friends, the friends doing here. But thanks be to God, in the end, God actually judged them. But thank God for Job that was able to forgive them. That was it. Though you were a powerful man owning land, they are using hmm. Job's riches, the, the, his past, to town him there. So, though you were a powerful man owning land, an honored man living on it, and you sent widows away empty handed, is that true? And broke the strength of the fatherless. This is false. Verse 10, this is why snares are all around you. Why sudden perils terrifies you. Verse 11, why it is so dark you cannot see. And why a flood of water covers you. If not God in the height of heaven and sees how lofty are the uh, highest stars. Yet you say, what does God know? Does he judge through such darkness? God did not say such words, but they are using, they are trying to uh, use your situation to really pull him down. At last, Eliphaz accused Job clearly. He said that God was punishing Job for his evil deeds. But Eliphaz was wrong. Job was a good, honest man. That's what Job chapter 1, verse 1 said to us. Verses 6 to 7, Eliphaz began his list of Job's evil deeds. Job did not really do any such things. Eliphaz had no evidence, so he was guessing. Many people today will say that such, that such deeds are not evil. These people will agree that it is wrong to steal, or to murder, or even to lie. But they think that a businessman should be clever. And they think that a wealthy person does not need to be generous. And that an important person does not need to use his power to help other people. Verse 10 to 11. Those who realize that such behavior is evil. The brother thought that such behavior was the reason for Job's trouble. Let's reflect on the three expressions now in conclusion by Job's friends or by Job's friends, Eliphaz. This will help us in our day-to-day -day lifestyle or activity. This is how I'm putting it. But God, if God gave us another uh, way of expressing these uh, uh, verses. Reflect three expressions by Job's friends. Submit to God. Verse 21. I want us to underline that. 
you turn to the Almighty, verse 23, and the Almighty will be your goal, verse 25. You can relate this to Christ's open invitation to come to Him, and He will give us rest. When we, want, when we are full in Christ, when, as Christ has invited us, and we walk with Him, we serve with Him, we go everywhere with Him, we reflect Him on a regular basis. We, ought, we must submit to him. This is verse 21. We must return to him fully, not one leg in, one leg out. And God himself will be our goal. Yet here we can relate this to Christ's open invitation to come to him and he will give us rest. I pray that we will agree to do these three things which will finally help us to remain and dwell in you forever. Amen. I rest my case tonight. So pass on to our person. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I thought mommy is going to take longer time. <laughs> anyway, yes, you yes, know yes. something that struck my mind when you were teaching this word? It is the issue of what I said at the beginning. Can a Christian behave like the friends of you? Now, I want to give you facts from the scriptures. I told you that it is not possible for anybody who has the Holy Spirit in them to behave like that. Neither is it possible for anybody who has Holy Spirit in him to deny Christ even at the place of death. You know, during this uh, last um, ordeal in Nigeria, there was a girl uh, in the stories of the Boko Haram. The girl is part of those who have been who are who are released. When the Boko Haram arrested them, they told they, have, they they said that their leader said to them, "Anybody who does not deny Jesus Christ, don't touch him. Their God will fight." So they fired them and they were telling them, "Deny Christ, or else we shoot you." Those who said they would deny Christ, will you deny Christ? And put them one side. They put them one side. When they got to the girl, the girl said that, shoot me, I will not deny Jesus. I'm ready to die for Jesus Christ. And they said, you come here. And unfortunately, all the rest of the people that they were in that team, did, they agreed to deny Christ, except that girl. And the head said, shoot all them. And all those who said they denied Christ, they shot them. I told the girl to go. She came to give testimony. You see, if you are born again, if you are born again, and I provocatively use the word if, because there are many people who go to church daily, Sundays, but they haven't seen salvation. When a man is in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says he's a new creation. He's not the old man anymore. He's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And Jesus said in the book of John in Revelation, he says, I saw at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I will come in. The difference between a person who has accepted Jesus Christ sincerely from their heart and the one who goes to church but have not accepted Jesus Christ is this. Holy Spirit live in the one who accepted Jesus Christ. So at the face of the highest adversity of, or threat, it will be impossible for them to deny Christ. The reason is because the moment you come to that place, Holy Spirit will be triggered inside you. You are no more the one talking. It is the spirit in you that is talking, who possesses you, who owns you, that will begin to talk. And you will never see a believer who is truly born again go and when a friend that you know, who have been blessing you, who have been, you know, you have been worshipping God, you know that he's faithful, you have given an example of his faithfulness, and then he starts to go through trial. You cannot say that all those things that the friends of Job said because the Holy Spirit in you will not permit you. Rather, you'll be having compassion on the person. All what will be coming to your mind are the good things that he had done. The only question that may come from a believer is that, but God, why? We know of this person. God, why? Please intervene. Intervene. That is a born again. Anybody who does contrary is not, so, is not born again. Now, let me show you scripture. Jesus said this by himself. Look at this. In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 21. 
Jesus says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So not everybody who comes to church will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus said it, if you are on earth and you are coming to church and you do not do the will of the Father, you die, you go to hell. There is no two ways to it. There is no excuse to it. It means that you don't have the Holy Spirit of God. Because it takes the Holy Spirit of God for a man to do the will of the Father in heaven. But Jesus went further to say, in verse 22 of Matthew 7, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? So you may have prophesied. Like, you know, the, 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 the friend of Job that we are looking at in this Job chapter 20, 22, 22. You know, the friend of Job, Eliphaz, that we are looking at. Can you understand? Eliphaz says a lot of accusations about Job and suddenly began to prophesy. Because when Eliphaz got to 23, it was no more Eliphaz speaking, it was God. The Spirit of God was using his mouth to say, submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. But when the Spirit of God was speaking through his mouth, he would, if he had the Holy Spirit himself, he would have recognized that this is Job. I'm talking about. And I'm sure that those words will encourage Job too. Though the guy has been talking nonsense. I said it's right from his mouth. That was Job. Lay up his word in your heart. That was Job. If you return to the, to the Almighty, you will be restored. That is Job. He's telling Job that you will be restored. If you re- remove wickedness from, our, from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust and your gold of offering to the ro- ro- rocks and raven, then the Almighty will be your goal. That is Job. The church is favor of you. Surely then the Almighty will find the, the, the light. Surely you will find the light in the Almighty. When we go next week and mommy reads to you when Job will answer him in chapter 23, you will be shocked what Job said. After Job spoke about God, then Job went for that to say that God knows me. <laughs> in 23, I don't want to go into it, but Next week, mommy will teach you that. God knows me. God knows my steps. I'm happy and I'm thankful that God knows I'm a faithful man. And then he spoke about what his destiny will be. So look at what Jesus said in that Matthew 20, chapter 7, verse 22. Many will come to me and say, I prophesy in your name. And in your name, drive out demons and perform miracles. So we can, we can, people can come to the place where they are miracle workers. God walked through their mighty manifestation, but yet they lost it. They lost it. Look at what he says. Then I will say to them, plainly, I never knew you. That's interesting. Jesus said, I will say, I, will ne- I never knew you. But yet, they have operated in the gift of the Spirit. Is that not interesting to you? He said, away from me, you evildoers, or you men of evil works. So, Eliphaz and the rest of his friends, what were they doing to you? Evil! Evil, accusing a man that is righteous, slandering a man that God honors so much among all human beings in the world. Among all human beings in the world. God gave us testimony about Job. He said among every human being in the world, Job is blameless. God said it. But Elvis and his friends are now telling Job, you are wicked. Anybody who has the Spirit of God can't say that. If you see anybody who say, I'm a church, I'm a born again, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and they are talking against God's children who have the fruit of the Spirit, then you understand. The Spirit inside them is the Spirit of Satan. It's not of God. Because the Spirit of God is inside them. They will never be able to utter such words against God's anointed. Jesus said their end is hell. But someone can say, but what about Christians who are still young in faith? Let me tell you, when you first get born again and you are young in faith, you can't do those stuff. You can't do those stuff because you will have fear. You, you will have fear in you. If your flesh prevails over you, you will be convicted by the Holy Spirit and you go back to the person and say, I'm sorry, I said this about you, I'm so sorry. That is evidence of salvation. And maybe that, that's, we can say that that person is young. Why? Because Matthew 12, 36 says, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus said, But I tell you, 
that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. No wonder we are led yesterday to pray concerning our, our words. No, we are going to pray now and I will give room to Pastor Tyler to call two more people to pray and then I will, I will end you up in prayer. You and I need to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, help me, O oh God, to walk in line with the Holy Spirit, in step with your Holy Spirit. Help me not to accuse anybody falsely. It is the spirit of Lucifer that does that. And it brings man to condemnation before God. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Because you will give account for every word you speak. If you have an evil thought about somebody going through, don't let it come out of your mouth. Understand that evil thought come by the devil. The Bible says casting down every imagination and bringing every thought to captivity. Making every thought captive. Tell the Lord, assign your messenger to the door of my mind, to the door of my mouth. Help me, Lord, not to be guilty with my lips. If someone is going through testing time, it is not your own to analyze why. It is your own to pray for them that God will redeem and deliver them. Even if they are wicked, the Bible says that you should not gloat when he punishes the wicked. Pray for God's mercy. Anyone you see suffering, don't condemn them. Pray that God will have mercy on them. If you can say anything at all, it's to ask for God's mercy. It's to ask for God's mercy. It's to ask for God's mercy. It's not to go to them and continue to condemn them and continue to discourage them. That is the spirit of Lucifer. He is the spirit that accuses other people falsely. Father, help my lips, O God. Help my heart, O God. Help my mind, O God. Tell the Lord, let the mind of Christ in me take me over in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I will not be condemned by my lips. Father, Lord, I pray thee, I pray thee, I pray thee, I pray thee. Oh, Lord God, in Jesus' anointed name we are praying. You know something for you who have professed Christ? You will discover that those friends, when they first came, at the beginning, they sat down, they were weeping. Yeah. They sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Fasted for seven days, they didn't get up at all. Sympathizing with him. The moment Satan entered one of them, and he began to accuse, it soon spread like wildfire to the other two. When they really broke down before uh, uh, the, um, uh, um, Job in chapter 2-3, does it mean that they were faking? No, they were sincere. That is their true person. But Satan... Who deceived, who, who is, who is afflicting Job soon deceived them and they soon follow suit. Association. You are going to pray to the Lord that the Lord should grant you sound mind so that you will not fall a victim of God through wrong association. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus Father, Christ of Nazareth. Of Jesus, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Give us sound mind so that we will not fall a victim through wrong association. Tell the Lord, take away every association that can mislead me. Cut them off from my life completely. Every association in my life that can take me to hell. Father, take them out of me. Do not let them succeed in my life. Do not let them prevail over my thinking. Let your word dwell richly in me, O God. Let your word direct my step, O God. Every friend that can shipwreck my children or my ancestors, Lord, be See, Lord, take them, them away from our lives. From our Lord, build a bridge, a, a wall around us, so that they will not be able to accept us. Disconnect the communication bridge between us, so that there will be a chasm between us and them. Anyone who can shipwreck us, shipwreck our destiny, shipwreck us from doing the will of God. Father, deliver us from them completely. Empower us, O God. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Amen. You pray for yourself for this year. Psalm 32 verse 8. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Psalm 32 verse 8. And then Isaiah 48 verse 17. These scriptures, I say them so that you can write them down and pray them more when we leave this meeting. This is what the Lord says, the rede your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord. Now you know what it is when God says, I am the Lord. Because we dealt with that yesterday. He is ready to say, I am the Lord your God, 
who teaches you what is best for you and directs you in the way you should go. So you want to tell the Lord, I commit my heart, my life to you. All my thoughts, my business, education, whatever you are doing to you. Teach me what is best to God. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Teach me what is best for me. Help me this year not to take wrong decisions. Teach me what is best for me, O God. Teach me the way I should go. Give me direction this year. Give me insight this year. Give me knowledge this year. Give me understanding this year. Direct me on where to go. Direct me on how to go. Tell the Lord, Lord, direct me on the way to go to this year. Direct me the path to go this year. Teach me what to do this year. Teach me what to do this year. Give me direction, O God. Tell the Lord to give you direction. Tell the Lord Jesus to give you direction this year. You want the, to take the best decision. You don't want to guess concerning your life. Every decision you will take, tell the Lord, let it come by your Holy Spirit. I don't want to guess in this year. I want to take decision in line with your will. I want to take decision in line with your word. Lord, give me insight, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of insight, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of wisdom. Tell the Lord to give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Tell the Lord, visit me on my dream. As you are reading the book of Revelations too, open my eyes to the realm of the Spirit that I may see. Oh Lord, open my eyes to the realm of the Spirit that I may see. In the name of Jesus, give me heavenly encounters. Tell the Lord, send your angels to me when I'm sleeping. Let me encounter them when I'm awake. Teach me what is best. The angel of the Lord appeared to Philip in, in the book of Acts chapter 8. It was the angel of the Lord who took Philip, who taught him where to go. So, Lord, release your angels to me. Release your angels to walk with me, O God. Carry me on their way to my Azotus, that your name be glorified. Father, we bless you. We glorify thee. We exalt you. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you so much. I pray for everyone that was said to be ill. The Bible says... There shall be no desire that we say, I'm ill. For the Lord will forgive the sins of those who dwell therein. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I command healing to your bones. I command healing to your gum. I command healing to your teeth. I command healing to your body. I command healing to the veins of your body, to the cells of your body, joints of your body. Every pain, die in the name of Jesus Christ. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Be healed. Every chain of the devil. Be broken. Every arrow of Satan be consumed with fire. The Bible says every tree, my God, the God that uh, my heavenly father did not plant shall be uprooted. I decree everything found in your body, in your mindset that is not of God, I command them to be uprooted. Father, send your angels of harvest. Begin to pull them out. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, every evil spirit sent against people, against their marriages, against their family, Lord, release your honor from heaven and put them to flight. Release your honor from heaven and put them to flight. Everyone that Satan has, has uh, or messengers of Satan have set their hand upon to destroy. I plead the blood of Jesus against the horse of hell. I defeat them by the blood of the Lamb. I defeat them by the cross of Calvary. In the name of Jesus, I turn the counsel of Satan to foolishness over every life under my voice tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Arrows of the devil shall not hit you by day. The fire of God shall engulf you and it shall be a barrier between you and the paths of hell. Everything the devil will throw at you will fail. They will be consumed with the fire of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, in this week, God will glorify thee. In this week, God will answer you. In this week, God will exalt you. In this week, God will show you mercy. In this week, He will show you His compassion. He will complete that which He has started in you. Your good news shall be perfected. He shall reach your hand. In the name of Jesus. Hindrances shall be taken away from you. In the name of Jesus. The King of glory will tabernacle over you. He will strengthen you for those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Be renewed in the name of Jesus in your strength. Be renewed in your strength. I pray for you in the name of the Lord. The path that God has set for you to go. Receive direction to walk through it. Every opposition around your life, around your life, along your path. I turn them to ladder of promotion. I decree that your enemy will bless you. As it is written, God will not permit the curse of Balaam to happen to Israel. 
God will not permit the curse of man to happen to you. He will destroy their witchcraft and they will never be able to cast well against you. He will turn misfortune to fortune. He will turn misery to, to singing in the name of Jesus. Those of you who are people who are sick at home or in the hospital, I use you as a point of contact. I decree the power of the most to touch their bones and organs where they are. They are set free. They are made whole and they are released back from their sicknesses. In the mighty name of Jesus, may the grace of heaven rest upon you. May the mercy of God never depart from you. All the days of your life, may you never be weary and may you never faint. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord stir up the fire of the Holy Ghost around you and encourage you in all your ways. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Lord, I pray for those who are born this day, some years ago or a year ago, as they remember their birthday today, Holy Spirit, open the floodgates of heaven and bless them. Remember them, O oh my King and my God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, bless the works of their hands and give them long life. Grant them grace to fulfill their days. Mm. I say to you, with long life, the Lord will satisfy you. Mm. And He will show you His salvation. Everything that heaven has written concerning you that have been withdrawn from you by enemies over the years, this year I command it shall be a year of restoration for you. God will bless you mightily as He has made covenant. The God of Abraham, the Almighty, He will fulfill His covenant in you. And the Lord, who is a deliverer with Moses, He will deliver you from everything on the earth of hell and bring you to the place He has ordained for you. Lord, bless the marriages that are celebrated today and grant them the knowledge and understanding to maximize their, their married life. And every resource is needed to enjoy your married life. Receive them in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for other marriages that are not celebrated today. Every home, Lord, I pray for understanding and knowledge. The Bible says, by wisdom the house is built. By knowledge it is filled with all manners of good things. That wisdom and knowledge receive in the name of Jesus. And have peace in your home. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we thank you. Because you have done as you have asked you. In Jesus' holy name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Please, can I just remind you, we would like you to share testimonies with us so that we can share them on Friday. But tomorrow, we are praying right through. Also, remember also what the Lord had told us, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God Almighty, and the Lord Remember to pray the Lord God Almighty and call the Lord in his name to address issues that his name addressed. Fulfilling covenant as the God Almighty, empowering his saints as the God Almighty, working miraculous signs and wonders as the God all in power. The Lord delivers his people from every bondage, chains of sin and bondage of sin and chains of hell and arrows of the enemy. He is the Lord defender of his people. And that is what he will do to you all the days of your life. In Jesus' anointed name. Well, thank you so much for tonight. And may the Lord strengthen and bless you all. Remember to make sure that you tell others about this program. If you have been blessed by this program, it will be a great delight to let others know what God is doing so that many more people can be blessed by it. And if you need our contact, always con 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 uh, phone us on our phone line, and we'll send you the link that you can send to other people. God bless you.